0: How is this year going to be different than the last year? This is the question we're all sort of asking ourselves right now as we're heading into Rosh Hashanah in a couple of weeks. But it's also the question that kids all over the world are asking right now as they're heading into their first day of school. I had the distinct pleasure to speak to Sem Aleph. That's the first year of seminary from Base Rifka, Crown Heights. I normally go to Crown Heights and I teach there. But as a special outing, they came to me in the five towns. We spoke to them at the Levi Yitzchok Library on Central Avenue, and we spoke about how to make this year a great year. Come join us. Okay. Tell you something interesting. Every day in Elul, twice a day, actually, we say Kapitel Chav Zion, chapter twenty-seven of Psalms, "Lodovor Hashem Eri, to to David. The Lord is my light. And so, one of the things. David Melech says to Hashem is I'm asking for one thing from Hashem. This is what I'm asking for. Which sounds like he's going to ask for how many things? One thing. thing. I'm asking for one thing. But then he says three things. He says Three things. I want to dwell in the house of Hashem all the days days of my life. I want to behold the the pleasantness of Hashem, <laughs> and I want to uh, visit his palace. So you said you're going to ask for one thing. You asked for three things. Furthermore, two of those three things seem like a contradiction with one another. Shiv beves Hashem a kolim mei to dwell in the house of Hashem all the days of my life means how often am I going to be in the house of Hashem? All the days of my life, all the days of my life which means... All the time, right? Constant. I want to visit, like Bikur, like Bikur Cholem, Bikur Bias. I want to visit your palace. Means, I'm not there all the time. I made a special trip to come visit. Like you guys came to the Levi Yitzchok Library on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst, in the five towns. You guys probably are not all from New York, so you don't realize where you are right now. Who here is from, not from New York? Like half of you. OK, so you, you understand where you are geographically compared to Brooklyn? OK, <laughs> so can I explain to you? Um, you are basically east of Brooklyn, about 12 miles east of Brooklyn. You're really close to JFK right now. I don't know if you saw the planes flying overhead. Do you see the planes? No? Well. You go outside and you look up for 30 seconds, you'll see a plane, uh, really close to JFK. Basically, if you go east from Crown Heights and you leave Brooklyn, you go into Queens, and then you keep going past the oil, and you keep going, and you leave Queens, and then you get into Right Turn on Redland, otherwise known as Nassau County. And if you keep going east, you'll get into Suffolk County. And if you keep going east, you'll be in the Atlantic Ocean. So that's where you are right now. So you're visiting... The five towns. You're visiting. You don't live here. I live here. You don't live here. You're visiting. So, how can say to Hashem, I want to dwell in the house of Hashem all the days of my life. And I want to visit his palace. Take your pick. It's one or the other. It's either you're here all the time or you're visiting. You got the question? But it's the same place. It's one place. It's one place, yeah. Beis Hashem and the Heichel of Hashem is one place. Besides, he's not even really speaking primarily about a physical place. He's speaking about a state of mind. He's talking about being in the presence of Hashem, which doesn't primarily mean a physical location. (coughs) It's talking about uh, a, a state of awareness. That I want that to be my constant state of awareness but then he says at the end of this same verse i want to visit it i want to have it be like a, a special trip class trip you guys take a bus here it's like a school bus or coach buses okay. school bus yeah um so you want to hear the answer okay So the answer, we had two questions. How come he said I'm asking for one thing and he asks for a bunch of things and then the second question was two of those things are contradictory. So here's the answer. He is asking for one thing. He's asking for a paradox. You know what a paradox is? Two opposites which appear to be at odds with one another, but upon deeper examination one realizes it represents a more profound truth. That's what a paradox is. Everything in Judaism is a paradox, by the way, everything. That's why we always have an opposite opinion to everything, because the only way to get the truth is to meld together opposite opinions. You ever heard that concept before? Like um, Torah was given in the third month because the entire idea of Torah is the idea of threes. You have thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. So thesis means one statement. Antithesis, or the antithesis, is the opposite statement. Synthesis is a a truth which is higher than both of them. and is able to contain both of the opposites without them contradicting. So like, let's say you're not from New York, like half of you are not from New York, let's say you never were in New York before, and someone would ask, well, what's the weather like in New York? And someone tells you it's hot and muggy. And then you ask somebody else, no, 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 I was there, it's freezing cold, it's snowy. How can they both be right? One visited in August, one visited in January. And the real truth is the bigger truth, which includes both of those opposites, which is, well, New York's in a temperate zone, and there are seasons, and in August it's hot and muggy, and in January it's snowy and cold. So everything in Toyota is a paradox, where you have a bigger view that is big enough to contain within it opposites. And if it's not a paradox, we didn't get to the, to the depth yet. The Megala Amukais says that Moshe, like Moses, the lawgiver, Moshe Kibbal at Sinai, Moses received the Torah at Sinai. He says, Moshe Roshatev is an acronym for Machleke Shamay Hillel, the disputes of Shamay and Hillel. That the disputes of Shamei and Hillel, it's not a bug, it's a feature. The fact that you have opposite or divergent opinions within Torah is not an accident, it's actually by design. The only way to get the truth is by having a clash of opposites and then having a higher truth which can contain both of these. So uh, paradox, what's the paradox? Here's the paradox. I want my cake and eat it too. You ever heard that expression before? I want my cake and what does it mean? You want your cake and eat it too, what does that mean? Like you want to have both sides of everything. You want to like, have everything that you kind of have, but like you can't really have both sides of everything. It's not possible. Having my cake means I want to be able to, like, look at my cake and it's, like, perfectly intact. But eating it means I can't look at it anymore because I ate it. So which one do you want? Would you like to have it, meaning I I have a cake? Or would you like to eat the cake? Or it's like, would you like to have a million dollars or spend a million dollars? No, no, I want to spend it, but I don't want to lose it. I want to have it, but if you have it, then you can't spend it. Okay, so I want to spend it, but I still want to have it. Jackie Mason said, I have enough money to live on for the rest of my life if I don't buy anything. He said it funnier than I did. Okay. <laughs> I have enough money to live on for the rest of my life if I don't buy anything. Well, I have enough money if I die tomorrow. Oh, if I die tomorrow, is that way i say I have enough money to live on for the rest of my life if I die tomorrow. That's say good. <laughs> <sighs> he passed away already kind of takes the humor out of that. Or maybe makes it, yeah, like dark (laughs) humor, okay. (coughs) Okay, you know any other Jackie Mason jokes? No. (laughs) Just that one? I didn't know it was a Jackie Mason joke. Oh, you didn't know it was a Jackie Mason joke? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Is it less funny now that you know the Jackie Mason joke? I don't know who Jackie Mason is. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) he died. (laughs) Okay, so, (coughs) Oliver (coughs) Shullop. What is David Malik asking for? He's saying, I want a paradox. I want my cake and eat it too. I want, I want to constantly be immersed in holiness. But, on the other hand, at the same time, I want to have the experience of somebody <coughs> who's having a brand new, special experience for the first time. I want to be an FFB and a BT at the same time. Right. That's right. That's right. Very good. So I want this to be something I'm doing constantly. I'm used to this. I'm good at this. This is my regular routine, my regular rhythm. And I want it to be totally brand new. Like, wow. This is amazing. Take a picture of me. <coughs> so that explains what it means. to be asking for one thing. Because he's not asking from multiple things, asking for one paradox. The experience of constant newness. That's a paradox. Constant newness. How can it be constant and be new? But that's what he wants. So in Elul, Elul is the last month of the year, the 12th month of the year we're going into a new year. But how many times have you gone into a new year? Every year, pretty much, right? How often is a new year? (coughs) Pretty much every year. Yeah? Chesedah says that Shona, the word Shona, which means year, like Rosh Hashanah, has two etymologies. One is Shinoi, which means a change, because a year represents change. You go through all the seasons, you go through a cycle. It's a year of growth. Growth means change, change over time. But Shana is also from the word Shani, uh, which means second, or mishne, which means doubling, repetition, because it's a cycle. You come to Rosh Hashanah again, you come to Yom Kippur again, you come to Sukkot again, you come to Chanukah again, you go through a whole year again. I've, I've done this before. So which is it? Is it change or is it repetition? You can't, <laughs> you can't have change and repetition. How can it be change and repetition? If it's change, then it's brand new. You never did it before. If it's repetition, then it's not change. You're doing the same thing you already did. But shana means both. Shani and Shinui. Repeating and changing. Repeating and change. How do you repeat and change? So you know what the explanation is? That there are various different <coughs> um, dimensions. It's not just a flat plane. It's three-dimensional. So you imagine... Somebody who goes like this, takes a trip like this, so clearly there was change, right? He started here and he ended up here. Or somebody who goes like this. He starts on the bottom and he goes up. (coughs) But imagine you combine those two dimensions, this and this, and a person's going like this, like a spiral staircase. So as he's going up, He's coming back around to the same point that he was at before. So time is cyclical. That's why every year we go through the same holidays and the same rhythm. But at the same time, it's progressive. Every year, it's a higher level than we ever had before. So we're repeating and growing, growing and repeating at the same time. That's the idea of (coughs) Elul, is that we're going into a new year, we're experiencing something new. 5783 never existed before. And at the same time, what we're trying to do is find that preciousness or that novelty in things that became familiar. You know the expression, chuva Maisim tevim? Tshuva Maisim tevim. Chazal, it's a, it's a very common expression of our sages. Chuva Maisim tevim. Repentance and good deeds. Repentance and good deeds. So there's a question in a chassidus, Why does it say chuva Maisim tevim? It should say Maisim tevim v'tshuva. Why? Because tshuva is repentance. That's what you do as a backup if you messed up, if you didn't do good deeds. So why do you say tshuva umayisim tevim? You should say mayisim tevim, do good deeds. And if you mess up, okay, so plan B is tshuva, you, you can repent. <clears throat> so the explanation is, tshuva mayisim means like this. After you've done tshuva, meaning after you've become brand new, that's what tshuva means. It means rebirth, a new identity. <sighs> Rabbi Dr. Torsky, Shalom, told me once, I remember him saying, you know, the Rambam says that when someone does tshuva, he's not the person who sinned. The Rambam says, in Hilchus tshuva, he's not, the person who did tshuva really does tshuva, it's not just he stopped sinning, he's not the person who sinned. So Rabbi Dr. Torsky, Oluvashalm, told me that he once, he was sitting in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous and he heard a guy who was sharing and he said something, he said for him, made him understand this Rambam. (coughs) The guy said, the man I was used to drink. The man I was will drink again. Thank God I'm not the man I was. <laughs> Meaning, not I drank, now I don't drink. No, no. The man I was drank. The man I was will drink. Thank God I'm not the man I was. That's not me anymore. So he said, uh, then I understood the Rambam, that when the person does tshuva, it's not just you stop doing stuff, it's the person who did that stuff was a different person. so, uh, you do tshuva, you become a new person. And after you become a new person, what's your new life going to entail? You want to hear something really, really, like, boring? After you do tshuva, you know what life is? You get up, you say you say you go learn. Except now you're doing it as a totally new person. <laughs> So that's why we say and ma'isim tevim, because after the chuva, what do you do? Ma'isim tevim, go do good deeds. <laughs> you thought that after you do chuva and you become a new person, now it's going to be a whole new list of brand new things to do. No, you're going to do the same stuff that you were supposed to have been doing before, but now you're doing it with a fresh sensitivity. So <clears throat> this Shualti that David Melech is asking is for the paradox I want to do all the stuff that I've been doing my whole life, all the good stuff that became routine. And I want it to be routine because I want it to be built into my rhythm. I want it to be almost like automatic in some ways. Uh, But simultaneously, I want to get excited about it. I want to feel that it's precious, that it's new. I want to feel that it's something Special! Oh, look! I get to do this thing. Well, what do you mean? You you say Ma'ida every morning. You watch Negovasser every morning. Yeah, but it's it's so <laughs> exciting and new every time you do it. That's <clears throat> that's the attitude that we're supposed to go into the new year with. Like, what what are you going to do new this year? You're going to do good deeds. You you were doing good deeds before. Yeah, but now I'm going to do good deeds with a greater sensitivity, with a greater appreciation. That's what it's all about. Ultimately, what what. What's gonna be different about this year than last year? What's gonna be different is if you're gonna have a a greater sensitivity, you're gonna appreciate things on a deeper level, that's gonna be new. So that's what it means. Um, I think, obviously, this is very related to the experience of the day before the first day of school. Because on one hand, this is very new. Some of you are not even from here. You, you said you're not from New York. Uh, even if you are from New York, but this is a new level of your education. This is seminary. Brand new. On the other hand, how many first days of school have you had? I mean, think about when you were a little kid and you had your little backpack and your school supplies and <coughs> right, and you pick out the clothes the night before and you have it all set up so you're ready. You have your uniform ready for you the next day. How many times have you had a first day of school? I mean, really, actually, I'm asking a real question. How many first days of school have you had? Eighteen. You guys are all 18? 18. You didn't, no, you didn't go when you were a baby. Well, <laughs> like, of education, we finished 12 years of education. 12 years of education? So 12 first days of preschool also. OK, how many years of preschool did you do? 14. 14? So you had 14 first days of school. You had 14 years in school. So how's this year? You did 14 years. This is not a new thing. This is like you've done this 14 times. In fact, 14 years for you is much bigger than it is for me. You know that? 14 years for me is not even a third of my life. 14 years for you is like 90% of your life. That's why, by the way, time goes faster when you get older because a year becomes a smaller proportion of your life. When you're a little kid, like when you're 5, a year is a really long time, because it's 20% of your life. And then when you're 50, a year is 2% of your life. It's nothing. A year goes by so quick. Sometimes I don't respond to a text for a year. Poor guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that person's also old like me. And yeah. So you've done this 14 times, at least. Like, how is this new? This is old. On the other hand, it could be very, very new. Because you're more mature now and you have an, you have an ability <coughs> to, appreciate, to appreciate everything on a, on a much deeper level than you ever did before. You guys excited? that's the camp spirit (laughs) did you hear the mushle of Melech Basada yeah Yeah, you heard about it because you guys are good Lubavitchers you all know the Melech Basada (laughs) the king in the field and you know that's a metaphor right what's it a metaphor for what does it explain there was a king in the field. The people could approach him. When he goes to the palace, he's harder to get to. But if he's in the field, you can go walk out to him. What's that a metaphor to explain? Huh? Like the way we can relate to Hashem in the
1: month
0: of Oh, okay. So it, it, it explains how to relate to Hashem in the month of Elul as opposed to, well, m- more specifically, Tishrei, the high holidays. So the field is like what time of year? Elul. And the palace where the king goes after the field is like Tishrei. So and Niem Kippur. That's what the metaphor is. Uh, who whose metaphor is that? Where does that come from? <coughs> what? <laughs> who made that up? The Al Terebah, very good. The Al and the Balatanya, we call them out here in Five Towns. <sighs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, you know what the Rebbe said? The Rebbe took that metaphor and brought it down even more for kids. So the Rebbe said that the field is like camp, and the palace is like school. That it's easier to get excited about Yiddishkeit in camp than it is to get excited about Yiddishkeit in school. So therefore, if you greet the king when he's in the field, then you're already going to have your connection with him when he goes into the palace. If you get excited about Hashem when you're in camp, right? When you come back from camp and you're all on fire and you're doing chitas and everything. Remember camp? When you come back, you're all excited. And then it lasts for like two weeks. You know what I'm talking about? But the point is, it shouldn't last for two weeks. It should last all year until the next year of camp. So what's the idea there? The idea is to get excited now so that when things become routine, when they become regular, you'll still be able to appreciate them. So this is like, this is almost like camp. I would call this, because it's not the first day of school, so this is still part of camp. This is more, I would call this right here the last day of camp as opposed to pre the first day of school. Because the idea here is to get excited so that when we go into our normal routine, we'll still be inspired. I don't know. What what do you guys think of this? Easier said than done. Easier said than done. So what are going to be the main challenges that are going to make this difficult? What? Talk loud because you're. The routine, sets in very fast. the routine sets in very fast. Okay. All right. It's hard to remember that it used to be exciting. Okay, so what can we do about that? Make it practical. Like do something practically instead of just relying on inspiration. Like what? What's your suggestion? Like if you take a when you're inspired. Oh. But then it's still, it's still hard. Yeah, it's still hard. But, but it's a good idea. Take a haklata when you're inspired. <coughs> yeah. So when you're excited, you make a commitment to do something so that you'll continue it when you're not so inspired. yeah that's a great idea okay let's let's do it what commitment can we make for the year are we excited right now (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) what what (laughs) what commitment can we make (laughs) you guys want to make a commitment You guys even know what you're getting yourselves into? Like, what seminary is going to be like? No. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. What are you doing after this? <laughs> you guys ate yet? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> when are you? When are you eating? While, we're While we shop. While you shop. Okay, <laughs> there's a pizza place, like a few down f- 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 few doors down there's a lot of places you, or you can go like a fancy place, yeah there's a lot of lot of uh options here on Central <laughs> avenue yeah, but I'm being recorded so. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be given guidance, I guess. Yes. Okay. Even if you do a khlata and you make sure you're actually doing it, then you're so excited to do it. Right. The khlata becomes routine, also. Then you have to make another one. Like the the optimal that it becomes routine and not that it. Great. Good point. Like we hope. Yeah, well. I guess the question is like this: You know, you know, Melech says. Uh, well, we quoted him before. Ach <laughs> but something else that David says. Tell me where he says this. Tell me what capital this is. David says, What capital is that? Good guess, but it's not. But Nunhe is part of a shalom. <coughs> so that's also a good one. It's a chassidah shawar. Tzomaluch HaNafshi. Tzomaluch Very good. That's a camp spirit. Now we're getting excited. Okay. Yes. So we all know, obviously, the famous Nigun, the Rebbe's Nigun, Tzomaluch HaNafshi. There's a teaching from the Baal Shem about that, uh, about that Pesach. He says... But the word Cain can also mean halavai, <clears throat> meaning you could translate the word Cain as yes <clears throat> or indeed, or you could translate it as if only. Cain If only when I was in a holy environment, I would see you. The way that now, when I'm in a parched desert, Dovan Malik was on the run, he was in the desert, he's saying, Tzom anaf, my, my soul is thirsting for you. So he's saying, When I'm in a parched desert land, I have this incredible yearning for you, Hashem. If only I would have had that same feeling when the holy experiences were, <clears throat> were so available to me. So this is like the, the famous paradox of, you don't appreciate what you've got until you lost it. <coughs> which, in Tanya, tell me which page Tanya this is. He says, um, that the reason that Zdeinus nasale kazachius, if you do tshuva ma'ava that your sins become merits if you do tshuva out of love, is because, he explains it over there, tell me which chapter of Tanya this is. He explains, that when you do tshuva from love you look at those moments where you made yourself god forbid estranged from hashem and and separate from hashem and they make you so thirsty they make you so uh, desperate for connection and you realize if I had never, you know, you're not allowed to do this on purpose, but after the fact, if I had never experienced that spiritual darkness, <clears throat> I would never be as motivated and as sensitive and as careful and as vigilant as I am today. So, it's because those spiritual failures actually ended up making you more spiritually sensitive. But then the question is, well, how come I can just, why can't they just skip that whole thing and just be spiritually sensitive without going through moral failings? You You could? That's such good news. You could, you're right, you could. And that's why we're talking about this. Because, of course, you can mess up and then experience that really yucky feeling of being spiritually distant and then picking yourself up and saying, I'll never let that happen again, and I'm going to be so careful, and I'm going to really cherish my connection to Hashem. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It's called tshuva. It's beautiful. But the truth is, you could do the tshuva without the avedas. You could skip the whole aveda thing. You can cherish something that you've lost without losing it. I think that this is part of why in this, we always talk about this really deep, lofty concept that seems to be really technical and abstract, which is that the world has created something from nothing at every single second. And People always wonder, well, what does it have to do with me, and how is this emotionally resonant, and it seems so lofty and abstract, and what's the point? But here's the deal. When you realize how tenuous everything is, when you realize nothing exists, on its own for any amount of time then you start to realize how fragile everything is and how really all we have is this moment and every new moment is being created something from nothing and then we can never become complacent we can never take it for granted because we realize Hashem just created the whole reality something from nothing at this second And it's not going to last for longer than a second. He's going to have to create it all brand new again a second from now. When we appreciate that, then we don't fall into complacency. It's a deep concept. You guys ever think about that? Hashem is renewing reality every single second. It's like a deep concept. You want to think about it right now? Think about, here let's think about it. Everything as you know it, all reality as you know it, is being compelled into temporary existence for this second. (coughs) Kind of makes you feel like everything is new. Because it is. And I'll tell you another thing that that does, that Abba once spoke about. On his birthday, I think his 70th birthday. When people get old, they say they can't change. And the Rebbe said, <coughs> that's absurd to say, just because you're old, you can't change. Because every single second, we're new. <laughs> so the fact that you've had 14 first days of school is irrelevant. This second is brand new. Maybe the hachlata, the, the resolution, could be to think about the newness of, <clears throat> of creation at every single second. Maybe we could think about once a day, just once a day, that everything is being created brand new. Maidani would be a good time, yeah. Maidani, why do we thank Hashem for our soul in the morning? The truth is we should thank Him every single second. Everything's brand new every single second. But it explains because subjectively we can appreciate it more when it's a new day. The truth is it's the same thing every single second. But for us, subjectively, we appreciate it more when it's a new day. And it gives us an opportunity to sort of feel that gratitude. So that would be a great idea. First thought of the day when you are thankful is you're thankful for existence itself, for a brand new existence. Everything is new. And then furthermore, I'll give you another. This This is just for free. I'll throw this in with no extra charge. Throughout the day, let's say you're having some difficulties, whatever they may be, you could start your day all over at any point you wish. At any point in your day, you could say, it's a brand new universe this moment. Because it is. Is that, is that a helpful idea? Yeah? Mm-hmm. What else? You guys probably want to go shopping and eating and, Yeah. Yeah, we're good? Anything else? Okay, I'll see you guys in seminary. (laughs) All right. Okay.